This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. In our reading from Exodus this morning, Moses is having a moment with God. Moses is having a long moment with God. Scripture tells us that Moses was on the mountain with God for 40 days, which is Scripture language for just a really long time. So he's on the mountain with God for a very long time, just Moses and God. The narrator does not give us any detail about what that would have been like for Moses or how it was to be in the presence of God for 40 days. But it does reveal to us what the purpose of this was. God is giving to Moses the moral and ethical framework for the creation of a new people. This is how you will live your lives in relationship with one another and relationship with me and with those that you will meet. As God is creating this people, delivered them from slavery in Egypt, across the Red Sea, sustained them in the wilderness, and now is laying out the framework of what this life is going to be like as the people of God. Moses taking this down, just being with God. Just imagine that, 40 days of that. But a noise from the valley distracts God, and God hears it, and apparently the Hebrew people had been down there long enough that they thought Moses had just disappeared. And they thought that the one who had led them out of slavery across the Red Sea and sustained them in the wilderness has now abandoned them. And they are doing what people always do when they are terrified and afraid. They are grasping for something to hold on to, and they create a God of their own making, They bow down and worship it and assume this is the one that will lead them. And it is their revelry that catches the ear of God. And God looks down into the valley and scripture says that God is very angry. And he turns to Moses and he said, those people of yours. Don't you like that? How God doesn't even call them God's people anymore. Those people of yours have turned their backs on us. Go down there he says, but then he almost corrects himself and says, no, let me add them. Get out of my way. Let my rage burn. Do you realize that the narrator of the book of Exodus has just presented God, the creator of the universe, as a chest-puffing 17-year-old adolescent boy? (laughs) You know what a knot fight is? This feels to me like a knot fight. I remember my own high school days. You know, when your testosterone's flowing and your chest is up and you're angry with some dude for some, un- some perceived front and you say, let me at him. And he's chest up and you're chest up. Come on, come on. Knowing full well your friends are going to grab you by the elbows. And his friends are going to grab him by the elbows. Neither of you with any intention of actually fighting. That's how God has predicted. Let me at them. And Moses takes the bait, grabs God by God's proverbial elbows, stands between them, as the psalmist says, that stood between the wrath of God and the Hebrew people and says, wait, 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 wait. He appeals to God's reason. This doesn't make any sense. You just led us out of Egypt and now you're going to kill us in the wilderness. Then he appeals to his vanity. What are the neighbors going to think? He asks. (laughs) The Egyptians are going to think badly of you. If you let us die in the wilderness. And then then Moses appeals to God's promise. You promised. You promised you would lead us and make us into a people. 
And the scriptures say a remarkable thing. God changed God's mind based on what Moses said to him. The old translation is God repented, changed his mind. So much for the high and lofty, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent, unaccessible God that we think about in the modern world. There is no such thing in the Old Testament. There is no such thing in Scripture. This is a God who is enmeshed and all up in the business of the people in this world. And the people in this world are in a relationship with this God. I love what Augustine says about Moses' role in this. He said that when given a choice, God says, you know what, forget them. Let me destroy them. I'll start with you and we'll just start over. So Moses is given a choice to stay with God on the mountain. Could continue this thing just with me and God. Forget all that noise in the valley. And Augustine says, when given that choice, Moses chose to stick with the sinners. Isn't that beautiful that Moses' fidelity was no, I'm sticking with the sinners. And all I can think of is that God knew this all along. God's let me at him to see what Moses is going to do, to see if Moses loves the broken, sinful people in the valley as much as God does. And Moses chose to stick with the sinners instead of staying in his moment. I'll confess to you, over the last couple of weeks, I have longed, instead of the world we live in, to simply just have some moments with God. I have longed desperately to turn off the news, stop listening to all the pain and the sadness and sorrow in this world, particularly in Israel, Palestine, the horrors of Hamas. Everything in me as a human being wants to just turn it off and be with God. And part of it is because I know I'm supposed to say something to you about this. But I don't have anything to give you. All my life as a career statesman has told me I should tell you, well, that's right, I'm not a statesman. And all of my career-long study of the Middle East and the complexities of, of the relationships in the Middle East and my fluency in several Middle Eastern languages wants me to tell you, that's right, I don't have any of that. But since I am well connected to senators and congresspeople, and I have the president's cell phone number, I want to tell you this is what I said. I don't have any of that. I have access to no one who has any power or influence to do anything about what's happening in the Middle East, and I wouldn't know what to tell them anyway. I confess this to you. So you'll forgive me if I just stand down and just go have a moment with God. But then you hear God say, let me at him. Let me at him. What are you going to choose, Chuck? What are you going to choose, people of St. David's? Want to just come hang out with me? Or are you going to stick with the sinners? So I don't guess we have a choice. I guess we have to stick with the sinners. 
There are a couple of things I know how to do when we're sticking with each other and when we're sticking with sinners. And one is very biblically faithful thing. 20% of the Psalter is this, lamentation. It is an invitation for us to lament the pain of the world. Do you know what lamentation is? It's that deep, guttural groan of grief when something horrible happens. That's lamentation. And it is a faithful way to stick with the sinners. We lament what is happening. We lament the wickedness. We lament the violence. We lament the innocent death. We lament war. We lament the whole thing. And we bring that lamentation before the Lord. It's a way to say, wait. And then we intercede. We say prayers of intercession and petition. And do you know what that really is? It is arguing. And another 20% of the Psalter is the psalmist saying to God, I'm doing what you told me to do. Where are you? This is your people. These are your people. This is your mess. Why am I the one talking about this? That is actually faithful. I know there's some version of Christianity that maybe a lot of us were taught as children that, oh, God can't be questioned and God can't be doubted. God can't be... That is not in the Bible. What's in the Bible is Moses standing in front of God saying, hold on. Where are you? That is faithful service of sticking with the sinners. And the only other thing I know to do, friends, is to stick with the sinner in my own heart. And not give up on myself. And to examine my heart. To examine the, with the relationships I do have some influence on. The ones in my own house. The ones in my neighborhood. The ones here in this congregation. Maybe some part of the city of Austin. Maybe somebody will listen to me. Examine those relationships. And see what my sinful heart is up to. And to recommit myself to the ways of peace. To recommit myself to ways of peace inside. Ways of peace in my house. Ways of peace in this church, ways of peace in this town, in the face of a desperately violent world. We are committed to the ways of peace. So we have a choice. Just go hang with God. Or we can stick with the sinners. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.